0: Jay and popcorn <laughs> Okay let's start the show no jumbioshinasai Preparati per la stagione 4
1: Preparate para la temporada 4 Sit back relax and listen Fridays gonna have you glistening. You're ready for a real good vibe. Shea Butter and Popcorn now live. Welcome to Shea Butter and Popcorn with Taj and Chelsea, Season 4, Episode 9. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the podcast
0: where your neighborly film fanatics review our favorite films and shows. My name is Chelsea, aka Chelsea, singer, actor, blogger, podcaster, and all-around movie lover.
1: My name is Tajiana, aka Taj, actor, filmmaker, lover of black things, black narratives, black everything. Welcome or welcome back.
0: Yes, this is going to be so much fun this week, you guys, because it's another round of decade duty is here. So
1: yes. Mm, mm. Decade, duty, decade duty. Welcome to the seventies. <laughs> That's not yeah. the song, but it's fine.
0: <laughs> okay, it's ten years. It's fine. Ten years down the line, we still hear y'all. Um, as a refresher, seventies <laughs> movies resonated with many from the fashion to the rousing soundtracks. Most films are known to be tongue-in-cheek takes with an absurd overgeneralizations that contributed to stereotypes. Unfortunately, like the black exploitation era. But in honor of National Women's Day, which is on March 8th this year, our seventy special will have the twist of films that feature standout female characters. Oh, yeah. Woo! Power to the let's women. Let's go, ladies. Yes. Let's go, ladies. Girl power. For real. Seriously. Please congratulate and celebrate the woman in your life. Okay? Your mother, mm-hmm. your friend, your sister, your, your girlfriend. The guys out there listening. Come on now. It's <laughs> National Women's Day. Yes. Yes. Come on. Sometimes the king is the woman. Just saying. That again for the people in the back. Sometimes the king is the woman. I'm just saying. (laughs) Okay. So, first up, my list is Lady Sings the Blues, 1972, directed by Sidney J. Fury, available to rent on Amazon Prime. This is an amazing film. Oh, my gosh. This film holds a 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, The (laughs) Dishonor.
1: Dishonor, y'all are of The dishonor, <laughs> he just cries. Oh, so just out of pocket in general. But <laughs> we're gonna keep some positive energy for the women Before. today.
0: It's fine. It's fine. It, it's our day. It's our day this week. Okay, this is based off the autobiography by Holiday about her life. Pop star Diana Ross, the legend, love her. She portrays another legend, legendary jazz singer Billie Holiday, in this biographical drama. So, beginning with Holiday's traumatic youth, the film depicts her early attempts at a singing career and her eventual rise to stardom, as well as her difficult relationship with Louis McKay, played by Billy Dee Williams, her boyfriend and manager. Casting a shadow over even Holiday's brightest moments is the vocalist's severe drug addiction, which threatens to end both her career and her life. Richard Pryor plays the equally tormented piano man. Fabulous character. He really, he really. Did an amazing job. I talked about this film last week, and I'll say it again: she was robbed, <laughs> robbed. Okay, I don't care. I please the opening scene in black and white, and her in a straight jacket fighting cold turkey to me was Oscar worthy. Seriously, I mean, I love this film. The stakes were so high. Miss the legend herself, Miss Diana Ross, she exudes elegance and embodies the pain and emotional depth that Holiday had. I love seeing her grow from being a rape survivor and working in a brothel you know she's like he said his name was Big Ben all these classic lines and moments like the song Strange Fruit for instance came to be after her witnessing a lynching while touring the Chitlin circuit so of course the song was controversial for its time and she endured so much prejudice and her coping mechanism was unfortunately drugs um I loved Billie Holiday's music growing up, singing along to her standards, you know. I don't call myself a full jazz head because I mainly listen to but Billie Holiday, Sarah Vaughn, Nina Simone, and Ella Fitzgerald. So those four, those to me are the only queens of jazz in my mind, you know, and yes, they are all women. <laughs> this film is great for this week because she's a strong and resilient woman who, despite, you know, the heartache she faces, she still rises again like the phoenix from the ashes. And yes, Diana Ross should have won. I will die on this hill.
1: (laughs) She ain't never gonna let y'all forget. So just remember, (laughs) Diana's the (laughs) one. I don't care. Next up, Carrie,
0: 1976, directed by Brian De Palma, available on Hulu. So this film is based off the novel by Stephen King, who also wrote the screenplay. It holds a rating of 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, so classic. A lot of people like this movie. When withdrawn and sensitive teen, Carrie White, played by Sissy Spacek, faces taunting from classmates at school and abuse from her financially pious mother, played by Piper Laurie, at <clears throat> home, a strange occurrences start happening around Carrie. So she begins to suspect that she has supernatural powers. <laughs> So she's invited to the prom by the empathetic Tommy Ross played by William Catt and she tries to let her guard down, but things eventually take a dark and violent turn. So this is from the 70s, so I'm gonna ruin the movie. It's fine, I'm gonna tell it. (laughs) She dies, y'all. But the thing is, she doesn't just die. She takes everyone with her and she finally snaps, you know, a very cruel prank is set on her involving pig's blood and the prom. Carrie has gifts like Matilda, but only if Matilda went berserk, if Matilda went crazy, psycho, scary. So this film was remade in 2013. I didn't see it, but it holds 50% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 44% from viewers. So I guess it was not a fan favorite, unfortunately. Um, that one was starring Chloe Grace Moretz. Uh, Carrie is a standout character because I believe that she ultimately stands up for herself, even if it exult, uh, results in her own ruin, um, She embraced her gifts. So, yeah, there's that one. Last up, Norma Rae, 1979, directed by Martin Ritt, available on Hulu. This film holds an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. And like a lot of uh, the synopsis, like a lot of her family before her, Norma Rae, played by Sally Field, love her. Amazing. Shout out to the Flying Nun. (laughs) And Gidget. She works at a local textile mill where the pay is hardly uh, enough, you know, the long hours and lousy working conditions. But after hearing a rousing speech by her labor activist Ruben, played by Ron Liebman, Norma is inspired to rally her fellow workers behind the cause of unionism. So her decision rankles her family, you know, especially her fiance, Sunny, played by Bo Bridges and provokes no shortage of contempt from her employers. Norma Rae, she's a single mother with two kids, no money, no position, really, to stand up to the man. She's having an affair with a married man, for that matter. She's engaged to another. She's got a lot going on in her life. But one thing is for sure, she's imperfect, uh, but perfect on paper for the way that she's going to be used to be able to shift the status quo and the narrative of, you know, hard workers and letting them be able to unionize She's just tough enough because of what she goes through and cares deeply for others, which makes her a standout female character. An honorable mention, Claudine, 1974. This film starring late Diane Carroll is about a single mother in New York who endures an exhausting commute to the suburbs where she works as a maid for wealthy families. And in one carefully tended white community, she meets Roop played by James Earl Jones, a charismatic but irresponsible garbage collector. So of course their romance ensues, but Claudine, doubts that their relationship is good for her six children, and Rupert, despite his good nature, is reluctant to take on fatherhood. It's a sweet tale of, you know, someone rising above the circumstances and the odds stacked against her to get her fairy tale, even though people would deem her unworthy of one because of what she's been through. And I feel like all of my characters, um, these ladies I'm highlighting this week, and their characters in these films all emulate that. So those are my films this week. Happy International Women's
1: Day, Taj. You let me know what yours are. Yeah, those are so good. I just thinking about the comparison of like Carrie or Matilda being Carrie is like very disturbing to me. Um, but, but we'll move along. Um, the, the first movie that I want to talk about is um, The Wiz, such a classic, going back to um, Diana Ross and talking about like you know, strong women characters and, like, breakout roles. I feel like Diana Ross um, gained a lot of visibility during this era and this time with with these roles. The Wiz came out in 78, um, and essentially y'all know it as the Black version of The Wizard of Oz. It is on Hulu if you have never seen it um but um Diana Ross plays Dorothy who um is a Harlem school teacher and you know when she tries to save her dog um obviously Toto right from a storm she is miracu- miraculously whisked away <laughs> into this um fa- fantasy land um that you know it's it's supposed to be urban um called Oz and after accidentally killing the Wicked Witch of the East upon her arrival, yes, we're spoiling it because, once again, it's heck of old. You guys can watch it. Um, Dorothy is told about the Wiz, who is played by Richard Pryor. Oh, my gosh, so talented. Rest in peace. A wizard who can help her get back to Manhattan. So as Dorothy goes in search of the Wiz, she is joined by the Scarecrow who is played by Michael Jackson, of course, The Tin Man, played by Nipsey Russell, and The Cowardly Lion, played by Ted Ross. And this film, one, is just legendary in general because of the, the it being a musical and, and that fantastical element of having these bold colors and um, bold production design overall. It's just so interactive and so entrancing. Um, we always talk about how... <laughs> on Twitter people always talk about how the scene um when they were in the subway they're like this definitely traumatized me as a kid I don't want to give the whole thing away but yeah oh man (laughs) it's so scary I was like why do you look like that but I specifically highlighting Diana Ross I feel like just the musicality in this and the the rawness of the emotion. I remember thinking like, dang, they didn't replace her dress. You could see her sweating through her whole dress, her armpits and see her forehead. Just, just it looks so warm. And like, it was such a, as I grew older, I began, began to like have a newfound appreciation for her in this role and just the rawness that she brought to it in terms of just really, you know, feeling sympathy for her as Dorothy. And also just once again, with the musicality um, and, and just her having such a strong voice the choreography amazing, um, and I just feel like she brought a, a very very raw performance that definitely touched okay. our hearts. Oh, and, so and I love the
0: Jackson thing. as a Scarecrow. You can't win. I love the oh my god, and then the, the crows are dancing.
1: <laughs> yes, that's one of my favorite scenes. That's the scene that gets me every time. Oh, God. It's, it just has such great themes and lessons. And I just believe that her, you know, leading in this, uh, just really pioneered some, some dope, um, storytelling for, for black women, you know, leads. And, and I think especially within the musical scene as well. Um, this was just a very awesome project. Unfortunately, 42% of Rotten Tomato, uh, critics liked it. So the other ones, I don't know what's wrong with y'all, but. Five out of five point 5. five out of ten on IMDb, but eighty seven percent of Hulu users liked it. So
0: what is wrong um, with
1: It's fine. You guys can watch it on Hulu for yourselves to see how um, to see how it is. Um, you know, production company Motown Productions. Of course, um, they had a twenty four million dollar budget and only did twenty one million at the box office. You have to also look at it like this. During the time that this came out, you have to look at racial tensions and this being a. Um, a spin-off or not a spin-off, but yeah, another version of the Wizard of Oz, um, that has a black cast. You have to take that in as well. And that's a lot of the, you know, people are upset about that even today, um, with, you know, whether it's the Little Mermaid or it's somebody else, you know, with, you know, Yara Shahidi being Tinkerbell, like it can be a whole, um, bunch of things. Um, you know, I mean, I'm wishing Hollywell. In terms of uh, the little mermaid, but some people do not. So, you know, there's lots of different roles that we've, you know, we want to, you know, put our own spin on it and stuff yeah, like I that. Yeah, I
0: think too, people get accustomed to so much and people don't want yeah. to change because it's scary and it hurts and it's going to rock up, you know, your. Thing you know, it's but gonna, you still got like
1: fifty million other Cinderellas. You know, we can have Brandy. That's what
0: okay. Saying. We can have Brandy. We can have Hallie. We can have Yara. I think it's totally fine. Mm. People need to embrace change. Yes, it's going to be something you're not used to, but it's like
1: it's just going to be another installment. With it's another installment, break. the original is still there. Yeah, you'll have the original. You're fine. Mm-hmm. It's we'll not laugh. like really being deleted. Yeah, um, and you should be honored that somebody was like, "Hey." We thought this story was so strong, even even with it being, you know, a fully or maybe partially, you know, at least the leads are white or you know, white women, what, whatever. Mm-hmm. They're the majority cast. You should be like, hey, they were inspired off of this story and created their own thing. I don't see how how somebody could be mad at, yeah. at yeah. a people group for doing that. But it
0: can be mad at something, be mad that we keep remaking the same stuff. <laughs>
1: Exactly, that's and that's a whole another another thing is we need to be making our own stories anyways. So, <laughs> moving on to so next, I want to just take up a couple of couple a couple of <laughs> spots to um, honor who we lost this year, um, Queen Cicely Tyson. I wanted to just uh, go over her roster from the seventies <laughs> because. <laughs> Yeah. This woman, like my thing is like it's one thing to just be, you know, great, but also to be able to have lived such a full life of her career was so long that it it was not only an inspiration to us but like various generations and will continue to be an inspiration to various generations. Um and yeah, I just wanted to pay respects to her Mm -hmm. um and and just the roles that that she played in making it very apparent early in her career that she did not want to play roles that were demeaning you know or depicting Black women in a negative light Mm -hmm. but um she I just wish that I would have got the chance to meet her and sit crisscross applesauce in front of her and like listen to her talk about life Mm -hmm. and give wisdom and advice and all those good things.
0: Yeah, it was fabulous. She was like, for those of you who don't know, there's so many amazing things that she did. Obviously, she did stage and screen, you know, and like *Trip to Hole on Broadway. So many amazing things, and on TV, she was the first uh, black woman to wear her natural hair on TV, which mm-hmm. was huge for that time. Very progressive. She did so many amazing things with like giving back and then pouring into the next generation. That I loved, mm-hmm. you know, and pouring into Tyler Perry, mm-hmm. for example, in his films and in, in mm-hmm. as well, and. She was very uh, keen on like and, and wise with like your body's a temple. She didn't smoke, she didn't drink, and mm-hmm. she stopped eating meat after Dr. King was assassinated. And she was like, oh, you know, yeah. we gotta look out for us. And so she was like pure vegan, yeah. and all this cool stuff, and like just her being so resilient, going through things. Those of you who don't know, she's married to Miles Davis, mm-hmm. um, and of course, uh, you know he she nursed him back to health, even though that he was, you know, had problems with drug addiction and things like that. Uh, and they He's had, such a soul. but yeah, she had been through so many lifetimes I feel and lived so much. And, and, and of course she lived to be 96, but she lived like so fully that so many people don't do or don't take the opportunity to do. And I'm just, I'm just in awe of her. I always wanted to meet her, you know, but just like, what we can do is just try to emulate her poise and
1: grace. And before we, you know, meet her again, I think that's a, that's a a great way to honor somebody is to like, continue to do what they wish others would do um, while you still have your time. I think, is so incredibly important. Um, and, and you know, the, just like going into the humanitarian work, like is super important, like, you know, she has a school and her name, and things like that, like, there's so many different things that she was able to accomplish, um, to be a testament to her, you know, not only her personal politics, but just, you know, the way of life. And I think, um, yeah, she just is awesome. I think, um, I mean, we could talk about Many of her projects. I know our generation is more so familiar with, you know, uh, probably like more stuff. Like we had, or she was recently talking about her role in um, what is it, *A Fall from Grace* and um, yeah. We can talk about The Help or even our favorite diary of a mad Black woman, um, such a pivotal role that she played in that ending scene. Me and me and my ex coworkers talk about that scene all the time. Yeah, <laughs> And, <over this>. and <laughs> those those things, I think, really just gave us a perspective of like we felt like, you know, this person is like family, like, oh, this is this is an auntie or a grandma or whoever figure to me. And I think that that that's really awesome. But I think going even back, like towards the beginning of her her career, um, having, you know, starting, uh, I mean, you could start with um, 72 um, with Sounder. Um, Beautiful. Yeah. And then also, I mean, I'm glad that it's glad that it's on Hulu um, so that um, I can watch. But most of these films that she did earlier in her career are all um, obviously more so surrounding around like you know black identity and like um, just uh, talking more about black plight, but um, this particular film um, was uh, it highlights the Morgans um, a family of poor black sharecroppers in the depression plagued south, um, so they they struggle to find enough to eat despite the help their hunting dog sounder um, and so when Father Nathan resorts to stealing food. He is captured by police and sent to prison, and his wife, Rebecca, who was played by Sicily, is left to care for their son, David. Though Sander has run away, David never gives up hope that his dog will return, just as he believes that he will see his father again someday. And I think a lot of her, a lot of the work that she's in is just super, oh my gosh, I don't even have the words right now, but it's so, so soft and so tender. Um, and I think that's just a testament to who she is as, as a person I know. A lot, of, um, a lot of people know her, um, especially in the generation before us, know her for, the, for these roles. Yeah, um, yeah. And even going into, like like you said, chose more for TV stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you can talk about uh, in 78, a woman called Moses when she portrayed Harriet Tubman. So <laughs> Cynthia Rebel
0: was, was not the first. Yeah, Cynthia Rebel did, did do Harriet, but she was not the first. And then also, too, uh, 1974, Autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. That's a exactly. movie.
1: Please, y'all, exactly. you that's find That's exactly it. what I was going to talk about next. Because is-
0: that, that, that's so good. If y'all can watch it, it's another 70s film and such a strong, strong character. But the mm-hmm. way that she portrays it, and I love earlier, Taj how you said, like, she really wanted to cover the Black experience. And I feel like, mm-hmm. to me, personally, she's like Toni Morrison, but for film. That's who she was. Ah, Morrison, that's a very you know?
1: interesting comparison. Yeah. yeah.
0: Toni Morrison was really inclined to write about black experience and, you know, Zorny oh, yeah. as well. But I can see that. Yeah. Definitely Toni Morrison on the screen for me.
1: Wow. That's a very interesting, yeah. That's, I've never heard anybody describe her as such. I think that's a very, very true comparison or, um, I, th- I think that's definitely valid because even with roles like this, where she's playing, you know, you know, ancestor Harriet, who's an escaped slave and leading people um, and, in you know the underground railroad to take people north to freedom that you have to embody such you know oh my gosh such poise and such like such a strong aura in order to portray you know somebody of our own lineage like <laughs> you know to do these types of roles like the type of energy that you have to channel like you have to really be about it and i think that i mean i would not expect anything less And that um you know, series is also on um, Amazon Prime. Um, So you can watch it. It's a mini series. Um, And I I think that being able to portray like, but like biographical things is like a whole nother type of talent. And even like with the next one, like in 74 with the autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. Yeah. I think that you have to, you really have to like know your craft. And I think that she was so in love with the craft and like you can tell, when somebody is doing a I, I don't know maybe i don't know maybe other actors can attest to this too but you can tell that you're doing a role when somebody's doing a role not just for themselves if that makes sense mm-hmm. like you can tell when somebody's giving a or portrayal um for for the greater masses i'll say and so with this one you can watch um the autobiography of miss jane Pittman on Hulu mm-hmm. and um just a little bit more about that um, this, um, is highlighting the racial turmoil that was, um, in the, um, 60s in, in Louisiana. And so the fact that this woman, oh my gosh, she almost got to live to be this age, um, <laughs> ex-slave Jane Pittman, um, she's 110 years old, played by Cicely, um, grants an interview to a persistent journalist and relates the remarkable story of her life. And, um, she was a orphan at an early age. And so she, um, is on a plantation, until a meeting with a white Union soldier named Brown changes her outlook, so Jane's emancipation marks only uh, not only the uh, beginning of an arduous and heartbreaking odyssey, um, framed by the horrors of slavery and the justice of the civil rights movement, um, and and also in addition her you know her own liberation and, and discovery of what you know life is like you know because if you only know one thing you wouldn't know what something else is until you get that experience so showing those those vast um that dichotomy between emancipation and, and slavery and i just uh i could cry because i just appreciate the fullness of her life but just wanted to take um women's day to acknowledge her and pay respects to um, her roster yeah, um yeah. but yeah those are some good some good picks you guys can check out and we're not even i'm not even gonna read the ratings because i don't want to get irritated no but let's not let's not <laughs> you guys can watch them <laughs> and just enjoy them but yeah, yeah, yeah. those are mine
0: <laughs> yeah rest in power queen we love you thank you so much for listening decade duty will be back in the near future so keep streaming tune okay. in next week yes y'all come on come on we're gonna bring it back next week we're gonna get a little darker. Ooh. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate this laugh. <laughs> Everyone has a backstory, a crack in the line. You know, there's a Batman quote that says, You either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a villain. Ooh. Ooh, spooky. We're going to talk about villain origin stories. Yay. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, yeah. we covering this. I'm very excited to uncover that. You know, why yeah. did you become a villain? Why?
1: Yeah, no, we don't talk about it enough.
0: We don't talk about that. We're like, okay, they're bad. The antagonist. Why is the antagonist an antagonist? Because every antagonist used to be a protagonist. Ooh, till they turn. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're gonna get. We're gonna get dark and deeper, y'all. Come on. I love it. Like. <laughs> Feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Shaper Pop, on Instagram or Popcorn, or follow us individually. You can follow me at Chelsea G.
1: You can follow me at Tajana Espichuco on Instagram and at Tajana Tweets on Twitter. What is that? What you got? Anyone here? What movie from 70s do you love? Oh, yeah, let us know. All
0: right,
1: I'll see y'all next week. All bye.